Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, aka Triumvir Clio. Hello all. I hope you're doing well and that we've flattened the COVID-19 curve. I'm writing this a day after a shelter-in-place order went into place here in Michigan, but of course that's about a month before you'll hear this, so hopefully we're starting to see the benefits of that action. The MP the MPH in me, though, is anticipating that we'll need to maintain this level of social distancing for longer than initially planned. And if you're listening years from now, well, you can look back and remember and then go and hug your friends. I'll be video chatting with mine later this week and wishing I could give them hugs. So where were we? We're up to book seven of the Iliad. When we last left our heroes, Paris and Hector were on their way back to the battlefield after that lovely scene between Hector and Andromachianus Dianax. We now see Paris and Hector out on the battlefield. Each of them gets their man, as does Glaucus, the Trojan ally you may remember from Book 6. You know, the one who's descended from Bellerophon, who's now BFFs with Diomedes. Anyway, things are going great for the Trojans right now. And Athena, of course, notices and gets ready to swoop down and help the Greeks. Apollo, however, steps in and suggests they work together to end the fighting for the day. Athena agrees to his plan. Apollo takes the form of Helenus, another of the Trojan princes, and goes to Hector. He suggests that Hector should challenge the Greeks to single combat. Hector, never one to shrink from a good fight, thinks this is a great idea. He approaches the Greek line and calls out his challenge. He'll fight any Greek who is brave enough to face him. And his terms aren't bad, given that he's offering to try and kill someone. If he wins, he promises to strip his opponent's armor, but leave the body for the Greeks to take and bury properly. And if he loses, all he asks is he that he gets the same treatment. And how do the Greeks respond to this challenge? Well, they look down and mumble and shuffle their feet and would really like to, but wait, I think I hear my mom calling. Eventually, Menelaus steps forward, and he starts suiting up, but big brother Agamemnon steps in and says, Dude, Hector is so much stronger than you are. He will totally kill you if you fight him, and I won't let you do that. Which honestly is kind of sweet, in addition to being totally true. Nestor, the old Greek warrior who spends a lot of time talking, then gives another of his long speeches. It's all about how if he were younger, he'd totally take up Hector's challenge, and then gives examples of what a great fighter he was when he was younger. And basically, he shames the Greeks into stepping up to the challenge. And they do. Agamemnon, Diomedes, Big Ajax, Little Ajax, Idomeneus, Meriones, Eurypylos, Theos, and Odysseus all volunteer. You don't have to count. Homer tells you that nine volunteered, which is eight too many. So they cast lots, and Big Ajax wins. Wins? Loses? He volunteered, so we'll go with wins. Big Ajax suits up, and everyone settles in to enjoy the show. These ancient Greek duels are kind of weird. They take turns. I'll throw my spear, then you'll throw your spear, then I'll punch you, then you'll punch me, and eventually we'll give up on the polite turn-taking and start to wail on each other. And this is basically how it goes between Hector and Big Ajax. And Big Ajax is doing pretty well, and Hector isn't. It's bad enough for Hector that Apollo steps into the fight to keep Hector on his feet. They fight for a really long time. A really long time. They fight long enough that heralds from both sides come to point out that it's starting to get dark. 
and we can't exactly see the action, so maybe they should just stop fighting until tomorrow? The two heroes decide that it would be even better if they gave up the duel altogether. They exchange gifts to show that they are now friends. Hector gives Ajax his sword, and Ajax gives Hector his war belt. The Greeks choose to count this as a win. They make some sacrifices and have a feast honoring Big Ajax. Nestor, never able to forego the opportunity to make a speech, calls for a truce so that they can bury the dead and strengthen their fortifications while they're at it. Meanwhile, on the Trojan side, Antenor suggests that maybe it's time to give Helen back to Menelaus. But she's mine, Paris whines. It's not fair. They can have everything else except for her. Papa Priam steps in and says that they should present Paris's offer to the Greeks. And while they're at it, they should call for a truce so that they can bury their dead. Old men's great minds think alike. The Greeks don't take Paris's offer, but since they'd already thought of the truce thing themselves, they are happy to agree to that. The two sides go about the business of funerals, and the Greeks go about the business of strengthening their fortifications. Up on Olympus, Poseidon notices this and complains to Zeus that the Greeks forgot to make appropriate sacrifices before building new fortifications. Zeus appeases him by giving him permission to destroy the fortifications when the war ends. Back on Earth, everyone finishes their work, feasts, and goes to sleep. And the end of the day is the end of Book 7. We'll take a short break and be back to look at what it all means. The primary theme that we see running through Book 7 is that of honor and glory. We see this in the initial battle, and more importantly, in the duel between Hector and Big Ajax. The fact that Nestor has to pester the Greeks into stepping up shows an initial lack of honor or desire for glory. But then nine of the Greeks volunteer, and they are the names we hear repeatedly throughout the epic. And how does one achieve honor and glory? By being remembered. If we know their names, they have been remembered. I'd like to keep the focus of this episode on the duel because it has some nuggets that will prove, let's say, interesting in the lives of the two men involved. In his challenge, Hector talks about letting the winner keep the armor, but letting the friends and family of the loser provide a proper burial to the dead. When we get to book 22, um, which I know is a lot of weeks from now, we'll see what happens. Um, I'll do my best to remind you of this part when we get there, but we see Hector suggesting an honorable death to be part of the terms of the duel. And in book 22, we'll see what happens um, when 2,500-year-old, spoiler alert, Hector ultimately dies. The other part of this duel that I want to point out is not a spoiler alert because we've already covered Sophocles' Ajax. Do you remember how big Ajax dies? Do you remember how the sword was described? Now you know how he happened to come by Hector's sword. And it is interesting to note that Hector had been trying to kill Big Ajax with that sword before giving it as a friend gift. Yet in the end, that sword is the means of Big Ajax's death. On that happy note, I'll leave any other thoughts for discussion on the blog. As always, the link is in the show notes. On Friday, we'll go through the begats of Hesiod's Theogony, and on Monday, we'll continue with Sophocles by reading Antigone. Talk to you then.
You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.